Good morning. I want to speak this morning about the importance of a healthy rhythm to maintaining both a vibrant spirituality and to our emotional being, well-being. And then how we develop a healthy rhythm in our lives to thrive through these testing times we find ourselves in. We have been built by God for rhythm. Why? Because God himself has a rhythm. We know it as work and Sabbath, and we are made in his image. Nature too, we see all around us, has a rhythm. Think of the seasons, or day and night, or the tides we see every day, which come in and go out. Rhythm is, to be, is needed to be successful in all walks of life. Take the Burnley Express, the king of swing himself, Jimmy Anderson, who took his 600th wicket in Test cricket this week, the most successful fast bowler in history. He knows a lot about fast bowling and how critical rhythm is to being a successful one. Less than three weeks ago, all his talk was about how he wasn't bowling very well because he couldn't find a rhythm. He felt out of rhythm. Yet all the talk after this last test on Tuesday evening, after taking his 600th wicket, was he spoke of how he felt in great rhythm. Living in a healthy rhythm is especially important today. Where it seems the days morph into each other, the weeks turn into months, and before we know it, we've lived with more than 150 days of some sort of restriction. Or because we could find ourselves being less motivated, more easily tired or overburdened. Why? Because motivation flows from having developed a healthy rhythm. Not surprisingly, because we've been built by God for rhythm. As followers of Christ without a healthy rhythm, the danger is we drift away from him. Which the Bible warns us in the book of Hebrews not to do. It was C.S. Lewis who said there's nothing more terminal for a follower of Christ than to drift, which is borne out in my own experience. It's very easy to drift in these times we live in, which have been described as riding an emotional roller coaster known as the Corona Coaster. It's why to help us ride successfully the unforeseen twists and turns of these days, we've been looking at how Jesus helps us to remain emotionally healthy and spiritually alive through this roller coaster. Each week we're exploring an invitation Jesus gives us in the Gospels, which was so transformative to those first hearers and has been ever since. And then we're rooting these invitations in an ancient godly practice which we can work out on through the week to help us to thrive through these days, which is God's desire for each of us. Today's invitation from Jesus in John's Gospel in chapter 15 presents us with a metaphorical picture of what a healthy rhythm with Jesus looks like. In these first 11 verses, we find on 11 occasions the same word is mentioned or inferred. It's the word abide. It is by abiding in Jesus we demonstrate what a healthy rhythm with him looks like. Jesus offers this invitation to each of us this morning. Abide in me as I abide in you. He then goes on to say in the same way as a branch of a vine can only bear fruit by remaining in the vine. So a vibrant spirituality 
only occurs by us abiding in him. What does it mean to abide in Jesus? The Greek word for abide is the word meno. It's translated either as to abide or to remain or to dwell or to continue. It has inferences in, in terms of time and place and state. In terms of time, it means to continue to, to be. We might say to continue to be in the moment or in the zone. In terms of place, it means not to depart from somewhere or to co continue to be present. In terms of state, it means to remain as one with someone. It's reaching a stage in our relationship with Jesus, which is beyond what we might call union with Christ, to communion with Christ. This is what it means to abide in Jesus. Union with Christ, if you like, describes all Christians. It's a stage where it's us and God. Whereas communion with Christ means it's the moment when it's only God living in us. Where we're in the zone, where we're so wrapped up in God's reality that we forget ourselves completely. It's to be so present with Jesus, we feel at one with him. Where we're praying as if he would pray and living as if he would live. In the words of Jennifer Rhys Larkham, it's an intimate, personal and fully enjoyable life with God. It's a complimentary picture of that picture that describes the whole of this series from the Song of Songs, chapter 8 and, and verse 5. The picture that we want to see of God saying to us, who is this? Coming out of this wilderness, we find ourselves in leaning upon our beloved. Leaning upon Jesus. This is the wonderful invitation that God offers this morning. To abide in Jesus. Pete Gregg in his book How to Pray describes the difference between these two images of union with Christ and communion with Christ. In terms of when we go to the cinema to, to watch a film. Which of course we can't do at present. Union with Christ is the image if you like, at the start of the film, it's it's us and the film. You know, we're, we're trying to get into the film. Maybe you might be eating popcorn or maybe you might be getting irritated by people who might be chatting around you. Next, so they'll, they'll come a stage there where if the film is good, that the film starts to affect you. It draws us in, doesn't it? We might laugh, we might cry. We no longer need to get into the film because the film is getting into us but it's only if the film is truly great that we'll get so caught up in the plot that we become utterly absorbed in it don't we and deeply moved it then is no longer us getting into the film or the film getting into us there's only the film in the same way this is what it means to be in communion with christ or to abide in jesus there's only him you know, that analogy is not you, unique to film. We might find similar experiences from being in nature. For me, you won't be surprised to know it's in great sporting moments. These are the moments with God that our souls are craving for in ordinary times, but especially in these extraordinary times we're living through. And to, stay, and to sustain these moments in our lives with him are what will enable us to thrive through these days because we will then be living with a healthy rhythm. Each week we've been looking 
at an ancient practice which will then help us to work out and apply this invitation throughout the week. But today is slightly different because rather than speak of one practice, I want to speak about how we develop a healthy rhythm, which in, in essence involves more than one practice. The only way we develop a healthy rhythm to bring us into communion with Jesus or to abide in him is through having a structure to our days. Just as a rhythm develops motivation, so a structure develops a rhythm. Or in the same way as a trellis helps a vine to produce fruit, so a structure helps us to develop a healthy rhythm with Jesus, which leads to a vibrant spirituality. In today's Old Testament reading, we heard the beginning of one of the most famous stories, not just in the Bible, but the world. Daniel, by this time, had lived his own emotional roller coaster for many years, having been carted off to exile in Babylon. The goal of the Babylonians was to assimilate you and resistance was futile. The purpose was to absorb you into a Babylonian way of life, a new language, a new way of thinking, a new name. Yet despite this hostile environment, Daniel was able to more than survive, but to thrive in maintaining a vibrant spirituality, not to mention a great career. Not now though, through an unexpected twist and turn of the emotional roller coaster, there's a dark tunnel ahead of a lion's den looming. He's facing the biggest threat he's faced, the greatest threat to his mortality. Yet in today's reading, we find the secret of Daniel's oneness with God and how he was able to produce fruit in such a hostile, growing environment. We find it in verse 10 of chapter 6 of the book of Daniel, where we read, Although Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he continued to go into his house, which had windows in the upper room open towards Jerusalem, and to get down on his knees three times a day to pray to his God and praise him, just as he had done previously. This wasn't a one-off crisis moment of prayer, oh God help. It was the regular structure within Daniel's spirituality which had enabled him to live a healthy rhythm with God in communion with him and it enabled him to thrive. This structured arrangement isn't unique to Daniel. We see a similar pattern in the Psalms with the different writers, King David for one, speaking on multiple occasions of how he would regularly pray. Morning, afternoon, evening. Here are a couple of examples from the life of King David. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I plead my case to you and you watch. Or here's another. Evening and morning and noon. I utter my complaint and mourn. And he will hear my voice. So here's the take home today. Many of us grew up or developed through the years a pattern of daily personal devotions with God, which is based around a, a quiet time in the morning. We may use Bible reading notes or an app like Lectio 365 or a plan on you version to, to strengthen our roots each day. You know, I grew up on such a practice, but over the years I found it didn't help me to sustain that sense of abiding in Jesus throughout the day. It would last for so long, but it wasn't enough. And even more in these times. It's why I've been moving towards the pattern we see in Daniel's life and David's life. And I believe Jesus would have followed a, a similar pattern. 
So my challenge this morning is to add a practice to what you have already to help you to abide in Jesus each day. Or maybe if you haven't got a regular pattern of daily prayer, to start one. Or maybe if you've got a morning pattern of daily prayer, add an evening one as well. What I forgot to say about last week's practice, the examine, is that you could use that exercise every evening. Or maybe try the evening, morning and noon exercise. They don't have to be long times. As the, as the Bible talked about, the critical Greek word for time wasn't chronos that we know as regular time, but kairos time, God time, if you like. It's so often when we spend time with him in kairos time that the chronos time of the rest of our days that we think is so busy just takes care of ourselves. And of course, don't forget, these days we have the added benefit of technology to, to help us. As someone told me only last week, Alexa can certainly remind you to pray. What you'll find on the website is a list of free practices that you could try out to exercise throughout the day to, to help us develop a healthy rhythm with God. Let me close, though, by telling you about Nicholas Herman who lived in the 17th century in France. He grew up a peasant and was, up until his 40s, a, a soldier in the army before a war wound to one of his legs ended his time. At some stage, though, while in the army, one winter in a muddy battlefield, he had an encounter with the living God through looking at a bare and bleak tree, which looked as dead as all the corpses all around him. He realised, though, in a few months, the tree would be full of leaves and flowers and fruit. And all it had to do was to wait silently until winter was over and for God to transform it. Nicholas realised the same could be true for him. That God's grace could transform his life into something new and vibrant and flames of God's love started to burn within him that never stopped for the rest of his life. Shortly after leaving the army, he entered a Carmelite monastery in Paris, thinking that he could become a monk, where his name changed to Brother Lawrence. But all hopes of him becoming that monk were dashed because he couldn't read or write Latin. So he spent the rest of his days in the monastery kitchen, cooking and cleaning for the monks. It was, though, in the kitchen, through simple menial tasks, he developed his own healthy rhythm, rhythm with God to abide in Jesus by, by talking with him throughout the day. He called this abiding in Jesus the practice of the presence of God. And it was the kitchen and not the chapel that became the holy place in that monastery, that the monks themselves would go and visit him to learn how their lives could be transformed through his practices that he developed. In the end, his work became so famous that the Archbishop visited, which is why we have his writings today, through a series of letters and conversations. It's become one of the spiritual classics of the past 300 years. Brother Lawrence's secret was he'd learned to put into place in his life something lots of us hope to master, but few of us do. To be in communion with Christ throughout the day. 
in what we do. Or in Brother Lawrence's words, to practice the presence of God. Which is another way to describe what it means to abide in Jesus. Shall we pray together? Creator God, you made us in your image. Creating us a rhythm to know your presence throughout the day and live accordingly. Abiding in you. Remaining in communion with you. Dwelling in your love. Continuing in your joy. In Jesus' name. Amen.